Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Adam Gragg. If you haven't already done so, subscribe so you'll never miss another podcast episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please pull out your phone, take 15 seconds and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast content. It helps us reach more people and help more people by growing organically when you do so. So I'm asked almost every day, how can I improve my relationships? Today, I'm going to talk about the best simple answer I can give to this question. I'm going to talk about a big mistake people make relationally and how to fix it. This is episode number 50, a big mistake people make and how to fix it. Wow. Big, big deal to me. Episode 50 started this thing over two years ago, and I'm going to share a few risks I've taken. And the reason I share risks with you is because I want to challenge and encourage you to do the same exact thing because one of the most important things for your mental health is not playing it safe, doing things that are scary, emotionally scary. So I met with a friend who I really haven't been connected with for over 10 years and we actually got together, hung out on Saturday, had a great time. It was a little scary and risky just because we hadn't connected in a while. I posted some pranks that I have... Uh, engaged in and pulled off on Facebook. And I realized that that could trigger some people and possibly get me criticized because some of these pranks are on my family and parents and sometimes they can be taken the wrong way. So I started a new YouTube channel. I have had a YouTube channel for a long time, but I deleted it on accident. Can you believe that? And no, I haven't gone into a tailspin about this, but it's up and running again with the same content. It's gonna be re-uploaded and new content. Check it out. Tell your friends. I asked, actually, I was at Walgreens getting my COVID and flu shot, COVID whatever, uh, Omicron deal at the same time. Yes, I did that at the same time. And I was sitting there waiting in the pharmacy area and this guy comes in and there's some people around there and he's like, hey, my car broke down at Walmart. Can you give me a ride to work? And I looked at the guy and I said, no. And then he walked off. And the reason that was kind of a risk for me is because I, it, that's not safe. Come on. But I've gotten sucked into those kinds of things before. No, but, or, oh, I'm sorry, your car broke down or, but you know, that's a dangerous situation. I knew in my gut, this is not safe. And I just said, no, I'm Adam Gragg. For those of you that don't know, I'm a legacy coach, speaker, podcaster, mental health professional, founder of Decide Your Legacy. And I've been in the mental health professional field, mental health field for since 1998. So I'm getting close to my 25th year. My life purpose is helping people and organizations find transformational clarity that propels them forward to face their biggest fears, which are usually emotional fears like rejection, embarrassment, and to live and leave their chosen legacy. I talk about stuff that a six-year-old can understand and grasp. Just like in the last episode, number 49, Rekindling and Building Relationships, I talked about how a friend, a true real friend, is gonna be courageously honest, loyal, and committed. Ruthlessly loyal and extremely committed to you. 
your six-year-old is going to understand that. And that's a concept they could weed out some of the empty wells that they have in their lives. I don't know how many empty, I mean, six-year-olds are pretty nice overall. I mean, they may have some crap going on, but you can talk about what is a good friend with your six-year-old. I also discuss stuff that I struggle with myself. I'm a fellow traveler. This is a topic, an issue. This is an area I struggle with greatly. My challenge to you is to listen as a teacher. Think about teaching one thing you have learned and you will learn today to somebody in the next 24 hours. Very important topic in there's four big relationship errors that I have seen in my mental health practice as a family therapist over the almost 25, 25 years. So one of them is called mind reading, where people assume, make a lot of assumptions about what the other person and why they're doing what they're doing. And they, they go by those assumptions. They follow those assumptions. And they're often inaccurate. Another is escalation. So somebody shares something that's bothersome to them or they bring up a topic you're not really comfortable about addressing, and then you escalate. It kind of is a one-up thing and it gets unravels in the interaction. And then someone needs to take a break and a timeout, which is, by the way, a wonderful relationship skill to employ at times. Withdrawal, shutting down, that is a common error in relationships. And then invalidation. And that's what we're talking about today. This is the big mistake people make. They invalidate other people. I'm going to share with you 10 ways that you can validate rather than invalidating people. Very excited about this topic because this content will transform your relationships more than any other change you can make. In fact, I've never been, just because this is episode 50, I'm excited about this podcast, but I've never been more excited about talking about a topic because I believe, truly believe it's gonna transform your relationships if you make some of these uncomfortable, potentially uncomfortable changes. Holidays are coming. You got lots of opportunities and validating somebody means you are communicating in a way that is expressing to them that you value them, that you value what they're saying, even if you're not interested in it, that you value them as a person, that you and all people have great value, even if you disagree with whatever it is about them, their lifestyle choices, their decisions that they make, their values, whatever it might be, you can still communicate in a way that expresses that they are valuable. Number one, do not be critical. Don't be a complainer. Topics like politics and religion, hot topics, people don't want to discuss and engage in those topics, which I think good, healthy dialogue is excellent for you and your mental health, but they don't because somebody is complaining and they're closed off to any other point of view. They're not going to listen. Don't be that kind of person. Be curious about other people's perspectives. If it goes to the negative and you're seen as the person who always sees in interactions what could go wrong, how it could fall apart, why you can't, why others can't, you're the guy that, or you're the gal that when someone brings out a new game at Christmas says, uh, this is not what we've done in the past, let's not do this. That's criticism, that's complaining. Just by making a six-year vision, I mean, sorry, a, well, six-year vision is great, but a six-month vision for your life, you can start shifting to not being so negative and seeing the potential rather than the problem. But when you go into these interactions over the holidays or any social event or any work kind of thing going on, remember, you can be, you can change the fact that people see you as a critical person. You can be the most encouraging person in the room. In fact, that's one of my core desires is that I can be the most encouraging person that people know. Number two, don't make it about you. 
You're gonna validate somebody when you they see in the communication that you are not, it's not about you and you getting your needs met, it's about you helping them to reach their goals. I have a friend who was having a difficult situation with his son and the interactions with his son were limited. In fact, his son wasn't responding to a lot of texts and offers to go out and get lunch and things like that. And then my my friend drafted a text to his son and he asked me to review it before he sent it. And one of the things in the text is it, it said, I love you. I'm your, you know, your dad loves you, wants to support you. I know you've gone down a different career path and it may seem like I don't support that, but I do. And I'm hurt that you're not reaching out to me. And I said, everything in that text is great, except for you sharing that you're hurt. Why? Because you were making it about you in that situation. That can be seen as manipulation. Don't make it about you. Number three, use somebody's first name often, over and over and over again. That's the most beautiful word in the English language to that person. You can say, Brian, 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 and he's gonna like hearing that word. He may act like he doesn't, but we like to hear our names. I like my name. I wish my parents knew why they named me Adam because they can't give me that answer, but I do like my name. I like when people say my name. So avoid using pronouns. Avoid using other descriptors to describe somebody. Use their first name as much as you possibly can. That's validating to people when they hear that. Number four, show interest in them through your body language. And that can be by nodding your head, by saying, oh, or uh, uh uh-huh, or or interesting, or, or wow. It can be, even if you're not interested in what they are expressing, or the topic that they're sharing, you can still show interest in that topic because you care about them. It's not about you, it's about them. You're validating and showing value in them in your communication. So for example, my daughter is very interested in the fine arts and I grew up playing sports. And so I've had to manufacture at times It's legit because I care about her, but I've had to say, wow, that's really interesting and express interest in these musicals and these piano recital things and all these things that interest her because I value her and show that in my body language, my openness to her smiling, being willing to listen, expressing to her that I care about what she is interested in herself and the actual Amazing thing about it is I have become much more interested in the interested in the fine arts. You know, going to see a show on Broadway was one of the last things I'd want to do on a vacation. But over the summer, you know, we went and saw two shows at the West End in London and I was just sucked into those shows. I mean, one of them was my favorite story and book, one of them at least by Victor Hugo Les Misérables. The other one was Mamma Mia. I was kind of dreading Mamma Mia, but I was sucked into it. And then I recently saw her in a performance of Radium Girls, and it was excellent. The story, the message, the entire thing. And so I'm becoming this through my interest in my daughter, and I just because I love her, but also my interest in my other friend's interests. So I've grown more interested in recording studios, and I've grown more interested in running and cycling. I've grown more interested in things that I wouldn't have had an interest in if my friends didn't have an interest in that area. And so it's made me, and it'll change the way you view things as you express an interest as well. And so I'm even really interested in seeing a a specific show on Broadway called Six. It's about the six wives of King Henry. 
I believe the eighth or whatever, but you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend, uh, you know, somebody actually being one of his wives, but it's very interesting to learn about what they went through. And so I'm interested in checking that out on Broadway. And so I'm actually considering planning a trip to see, or to see that show when it comes into town or in my area in Kansas city or whatever in California. So if you found this in podcast interesting so far, subscribe by hitting the link to Shatterproof Yourself. It's a mental health stress checklist. It's going to give you 27 things you can do to improve and work on your mental health. You don't want to miss that. I want to talk to you guys about escape artist travel. You know, I talk a lot about taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone, getting in your discomfort zone, and travel can be one of those things. These people are amazing. I will tell you, they've planned three different locations for me over the last really eight months. So they know what they're doing over 87 different countries. I believe they plan trips for probably close to a hundred Condé Nast travel, top travel specialist, two years in a row, full service travel agency. They will take care of it. They will take care of you. They know what they're doing. You can reach them at escapeartisttravel.com. Check them out. So number five, and here's some specific things you can say to validate people. Say, it makes sense to me that you would feel that way. Even if you don't actually, even if it doesn't actually make sense to you that they would feel that way. So my daughter recently told me that I'm late most of the time to things. When I pick her up, when I go to events, when we do things, when we go to church and whatever, and I told her, um, it makes sense to me you would feel frustrated about that because it really legitimately does. I mean, that's totally on me. And then she told me recently that I annoy her by chomping my gum. And that really doesn't make sense because I don't think I chomp my gum. But I did tell her it makes sense that some things people do irritate you, Emerson. So I was validating what she was saying, but I wanted to say, you know, well, it irritates me that it irritates you that I chomp my gum because I don't feel like I chomp. I didn't say that kind of stuff, but those are the things that would be invalidating to somebody else because I wanted to be able to tell me when something is irritating to her and to tell other people when something is irritating to her. So I also want her to be sensitive of other people and, you know, you don't want to build friendships by always telling them what's annoying about them and, you know, I don't like this about you and that, that kind of thing, but telling somebody it makes sense that you feel, they feel that way is going to validate them. It's showing that you value them as a person. Number six, apologize when you're wrong and say, I was wrong, no excuses. I was wrong, no excuses. Don't say I was wrong, but you do this and this bothers me or I was wrong, but you did that in the past or I'm sorry, but I you know, couldn't control myself because I had a bad day. No, you leave all that stuff out. It's I was wrong. If you were legitimately wrong, no excuses. I had to say to my daughter, I was wrong, no excuses. I am wrong by being late, no excuses. Not, you know, work is so stressful or I had this client issue or I had this thing to deal with. No, I was wrong, no excuses, Emerson. I'm really gonna work on that. And then I have to prove because she's not gonna trust me that I'm gonna change until I prove to her by my example, by my behavior that I'm gonna start being more punctual. I recently had a client say that his wife was super grouchy the other day and that he told his wife, he told his wife that I don't wanna be around you right now because you're grouchy and you're in a bad mood. And then his wife came back and said, I was wrong. You know, I would, and really basically did what I would recommend. I was wrong, no excuses. And then 
my my client said he kind of got really frustrated with his wife. Yeah, you do this all the time and you don't realize you do this and you don't understand how much we me and the kids go through when you're when you're when you're grouchy like that when you come home from work and his kind of his his wife just reiterated I was wrong, no excuses. Cuz sometimes when you apologize, in fact, I would say 80% of the time when you apologize, you're going to get some kind of negative reaction to it because people generally express that, yeah, you're, I mean, you're owning this, but you don't realize maybe how much it impacts us or whatever. And I'm not suggesting you do that. That is a natural reaction. I'm suggesting you, you might do that. You might need to vent a little bit, but accept their apology. And then you're going to rebuild trust as you see evidence of changes, uh, of change. You know, someone says I was wrong, no excuses, and they don't change, whatever it was, when they really aren't turning from that thing, you can still forgive them, but you're not going to trust them. So number seven, name their emotion. You validate somebody else when you can articulate to them that you understand how they feel. So here's some words and phrases to put in your tool chest of how to validate somebody. So things like, I can really tell that you're frustrated. Or a phrase that I like is, I really sense in you that this is bothering you. Or I really sense in you that you're really passionate about going on this trip. So I can tell is another phrase. I can tell this is really bothering you. And then what people do when you validate them that way is they start elaborating and sharing more information and it grows and it starts opening up the whole conversation and it doesn't close it off because you're validating. In fact, validating somebody is always going to open, not always, but it's going to give it a much likelier chance of opening up the dialogue and learning more about somebody else because you're showing value in them. Or, for example, I told my daughter recently, she was really working hard on this project for school, and I thought she was kind of overdoing it with her perfectionistic tendencies. I wonder where she inherited that trait from. Hint, hint, me. But she was working on this project, and I said, I can tell doing a great job on the project is super important to you. And she didn't say anything to that, but I know it was the right thing to say. I can tell, and with I told my daughter this recently about going to California for Thanksgiving and seeing her nieces, I mean, my nieces, her cousins, which she has such a great time with, you know, it really seems you're super excited about this trip, Emerson. And then one thing she, she responded to that by saying, yeah, me and Bella and Ava, we've been friends our whole lives, right? You know, and I said, yeah, you guys have always been extremely close, you know? And I'm so excited and I can tell you're excited to see them. And that just kind of opened up a conversation about family, which is really positive. Number eight, ask questions, ask questions. So tell me more, put that phrase in your tool chest, in your tool, on your tool belt, you know, it's like, it's like your hammer or that's very interesting. When you say that's very interesting, what are they going to do? They're going to feel validated and they're gonna share more with you about that topic. That's very interesting. So they come to you and they say, oh, you know, I'm so happy that bird watching season has started and I'm gonna go and see all these new birds. And you're not interested in that at all, but you're interested in them as a person because you value them as a person. So saying that's very interesting is not a lie because you're interested in them. You're interested in the relationship and it's going to open up the relationship. If that is appealing to you, you want to check out the link, Twenty, my 20 favorite questions to ask clients. It's going to be in the show notes. Number nine, you want to love them the way they want to be loved. That's going to validate somebody. So I recently had a client who he likes hugs. He loves when his wife gives him a hug and gives him a back rub and gives him a foot rub and all that. And he could have that all the time and everything, but that's not really that big of a deal to his wife. His wife really loves words of affirmation. She likes 
some him leaving a note somewhere or texting him, you know, I love you so much or him sending him her a card, even, you know, at her work or even sending her a card at home, you know, even to the home address, you know, she just loves words of affirmation. And it might possibly be because she didn't get that when she was a kid, who knows? But he doesn't want to give that because it's really awkward for him to give words of affirmation. He's kind of a shy, introverted kind of guy. And so I challenged him. I said, you know, he said, well, I can give her hugs and I can give her lots of hugs and foot rubs and massages. And why isn't she like that? You know, she doesn't seem to respond to that. And my, my challenge to him was, well, love her the way she wants to be loved, not the way you want to be loved. And so one thing I encourage all couples and families to do is make a list of 10 ways that the other person can encourage you. And you make that same list and then you exchange lists. And then you keep that somewhere close, like in your back pocket. Because if you really want to have a great marriage, you're going to pull that list out because you're going to forget because you leak. You know, you, you, you leak like we're going to maybe leak when we're 95 and boring depends. But I mean, you leak. It's not going to stay in you unless you reflect on them. So remember those things that encourage and you can look and I'll put a link into the five love languages. You might be familiar with that. Just a brief article. So you can love people the way they want, not the way you want to be loved, the way they want to be loved. And number 10 is to paraphrase and summarize. And so some phrases to put in your tool belt. If I understand you correctly, this is what I'm hearing you say. That's going to validate somebody. So here is my understanding of what I'm hearing you say. And then you summarize what you heard them say. Is that accurate? It's going to validate somebody. It's going to give them a chance to correct what you just shared as well if it's not actually accurate or if it's not really what they said. So check out in the show notes a brand new post. I just wrote this. It's on a big mistake people make. It's these 10 validating tips and tools for you. Also, my new course, Shatterproof Yourself, is... In the heavy production phase right now, I'm going to be selling that soon. So watch out for that. Tell your friends about that. It's going to be helping people on self-care, resiliency, anxiety, depression, stuff that I want all of my clients, my live Zoom clients that I meet with all over the world, actually. It's the foundational stuff to great mental health. Shatterproof yourself. I told you I was going to do an episode on sleep, and I told you it was going to be this episode. I apologize. This is not an episode on sleep, but I'm going to get to that episode on sleep. I'm also going to get to an episode on getting to know your parents better, which I'm very excited about it as well. I'm not sure if those are going to be this year or next. What insight did you gain from this podcast today? What's your takeaway? What's one tool that resonated with you most? Apply that in the next 24 hours and teach that to somebody within the next 24 hours. Just casually talk to them about it. Here's something I learned and tell them about what you learned. Adam's 30-70 rule. 30% of transformational change is insight. I recognize and get space. So I'm seeing clearly that I got a problem. I need to fix it. I got something I need to address. This isn't working. I'm invalidating, whatever it may be. But 80, but 70% of transformational change is action. You got to apply something. That's going to involve risk potentially doing things that feel awkward, that could could get you rejected, could feel embarrassing, could feel unnatural. Check out the link. Again, shatterproof yourself. You're going to get those tools, 27 to 30 different tools. I don't exactly remember how many there are, but those are things you can apply today to start working on your own mental health, personal growth, everything right there. If you're interested, 
You can hire me and my team to come speak at your workplace or over Zoom. Would love to engage your team. Make it your mission to live the life you want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone now. Live your legacy now. You decide your legacy. You decide your future. No one else. I appreciate you greatly, and I'll see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.